she yes. is getting paid by the Liberal Party and then being presented as a non-partisan source to talk about the biggest issue of the day. And of course, she's saying the Wii scandal isn't a big deal because she was paid how much money? Hello, everyone in Canada, all of Canada, 37 million viewers. Welcome back to This Week in Canada. And how about the new intro? That's pretty good, right? I know there's a little bit of uh, Toronto favoritism there with the CN Tower, but we got the, it's gonna, you know, it's nice. I think it's great. And uh, my name's uh, Roberto Wakerel Cruz for the Post Millennial, and this is Nico Johnson joining me once again as my co host, sidekick. Hello, everyone. It's so nice to be here. And let me tell you, if you like that intro, just wait until you see uh, the things that come in the middle, the intersections. What are they called? Uh, segues. The kind of the yeah. We got transitions. We got we're we're really uh, doing it here because this is episode ten. Yeah, we've finally realized, or you know, the, the higher ups have realized that this is actually worth doing, and now we're actually committing a bit of time to it. So. Uh, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure everyone will appreciate the nice changes, and this is a good episode to do it, and I know, it, again, this is another nice week. It's not as uh, batshit crazy as all the other ones have been. It's nice. The Wii scandal that we've heard so much about for the last few weeks is kind of taking a little bit of a backseat, a little bit, not too much, but we have other topics this week. Uh, specifically, let's get into our first topic, Nico. I know we're all excited to rip on the Canadian Broadcasting Company, otherwise known as the CBC. Uh, you know, as a conservative, and, and you know, I, I, I don't again, I don't try to hide that fact. I probably should. As a conservative, I uh, I get quite, I, I feel quite romantic about sort of old institutions, archaic institutions, which are a part of Canadian culture. But I mean, come on, how the hell have we not defunded in some way the CBC yet, or like had some control? They've they've gone rogue. It's, they're mental, and they need to be stopped, quite frankly. Well, <laughs> they, yeah, they do need to be stopped, yeah. Need to be stopped, yeah. Yeah, and, and we've, we've had irrefutable evidence of that fact this week, and, and perhaps you can go further into it. Yes. So as many of our viewers, I'm sure, will agree with us, not everyone in Canada thinks this, but I'm sure our viewers will agree that the CBC is a bit of propaganda, you know? Uh, they are uh, kind of all over the place. They're like this big octopus that has its tentacles all over Canada, and they're in local news when they shouldn't be. We have places for we, CTV. And may I say, local news, they so literally local news. sued the Conservative Party, sued the Conservative Party in the middle of an election. And they thought, yeah, that's fine, whatever. That's not gonna, that's not going to affect our bias. It's not to say we have a stake in that. It's ridiculous. And uh, what we found this week, uh, because of a nice report, a big scoop from our friends at Blacklock's Reporter, one of the finest in Canada to do it. They mind Ottawa's business. Is that one of their pundits? Who is uh, her name right here? Is uh, Amanda Alvaro. She works as the PR. President for uh, some firm, and she was a, a CBC pundit, and she was she received sixteen thousand, almost seventeen thousand dollars from the Department of Foreign Affairs from the Trudeau Liberals. She received seventeen thousand. Didn't mention it to the CBC. Broke their ethics uh, code, which is not allowed. Obviously, you need to make sure that there's no conflicts of interest. And another thing, she received cash again. Of course, it's the only thing that really gets people to do your dirty work. Is a nice. $24,997 contract to provide communications advice to Trudeau's Minister of Women. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty obvious what's going on here. She's bought, she's paid for. The Wee scandal's going on. She goes on power in politics with uh, Valley Colostros. Valley Colostros. Valley Colonoscopy, I think it's called. Valley, yeah. Valley. Yeah, anyway, she goes on that show. And this is what she said about the Wee charity scandal. Um, obviously, because she received some money for them, she wasn't too critical. She said, some of the facts, unfortunately, don't lend themselves to the uh, provo- provocative nature of what we all like to describe as the we scandal or we controversy, said Alvaro. I think there's been a lot of innuendo, a lot of rumor, a lot of he said, she said about the we charity. Yeah, they're called, they're, yeah, you know what the he said, she said is? Under oath testimonies. <laughs> lady you know it doesn't even make it's like so anyway you go, go ahead what are your thoughts on this uh this new scoop should be outraged by this because i'm I'm paying for this circus but you know i i look at it and think this is just this is just what the cbc does yeah. but what they managed to do here it, it's bad it, it's really really bad not only have they violated their mandate but they look like total hypocrites you know the, the liberal party and just you know that, that cast of people I like to rally against, sort of, you know, metropolitan progressives, they accuse us of being conservative shields. May I say, I have never accepted any money from the conservative party to comment on this stuff and never will. And then they have the, the, the courage, the audacity the to call us biased when yeah. they're taking this. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's remarkable. And, and they should face severe repercussions for that because that is propaganda. She yes. is getting paid by the Liberal Party and then being presented as a non-partisan source to talk about the biggest issue of the day. And of course, she's saying the Wii scandal isn't a big deal because she was paid how much money? 16000 So sixteen, uh, almost $17,000 for one contract and then almost $25,000 for another contract. One for the Department of Foreign Affairs and then one for Trudeau's Minister of Women. <laughs> so i mean it's a lot of money that's forty one thousand uh, dollars for her pomp and circumstance pr firm so who even knows she's just dealing with like tweets or whatever public relations terrible name for a pr firm pomp and circumstance <laughs> and circumstance pr <laughs> yeah yeah i think the cbc has been corrupted by the fair agenda uh th- to be honest you know the head of the cbc is a liberal woman uh, you know, Rosemary Barton, who, as far as I'm aware, is just a, a succubus uh, and, and by all means, <laughs> demonic. You know, God knows how she still has a job. She should, like, I think she should be ostracized to, you know, Mexico or something. And Mexico is a lovely country. Uh, it is. And, it you is. Know, she, she'd be very happy there. But the fact that yeah. she is still commentating on the news, despite the fact she sued the Conservative Party, despite the fact I, I was watching the election in 2019, she laughed. When a conservative MP lost her seat, this is someone's life. No way! Really? No way! Really? Yeah, and and do you and know? It, I, do, you, do you know the name of that? Because uh, James, because here's another thing we're doing on the podcast: video clip right now. Boop. Bam. Uh, so thanks, James. So this is the thing. Uh, this reminds me of a lot of. Uh, this isn't really breaking news that the CBC is propaganda y. Uh, and I recall one incident that happened, I think it was last year, 2019, with the. with the Not the Wee scandal, the um, SNC Lavalin. Sorry, there's so many scandals uh, that I can't keep my scandal straight. Uh, SNC Lavalin. When under testimony, when they're reading out documents of what was said uh, behind closed doors, um, Katie Telford, 
the chief of staff to Justin Trudeau said that if Jody, if Jody Wilson-Raybould is nervous, we would come, of course, line up all kind of people to write op-eds saying that what she is doing is proper. And that's essentially to uh, take blame off the prime minister from the attorney general at the time, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Um, so, you know, there's incidences, uh, incidents of these kind of, we get a little glimpse on the inside of how they do their corruption and how they're biased. They're biased. And like you said, we get accused of being biased. But, but uh, not, I mean, it's nowhere near to what they're doing. I mean, come on. We don't have the budget to be biased. <laughs> I wish we were biased. That was a shell. You know, it, this goes into what we were talking about last week. And you look at Canada's establishment. And in particular, you look at the political establishment. And I don't just mean politicians. I mean the people who surround them. People like yeah. Gerald Butts, you know, civil servants and political staffers. The connections they have to journalists is just so it's interwoven, mm. you know. And the, the top journalists in Canada, even, you know, I was speaking to Barbara Kerr about this. It, it, even in the National Post, who for all sakes and purposes is supposed to be a conservative newspaper, they are yeah. all at the end of the day, liberals, and they identify as liberal, and they really do believe deep in their hearts that because they are a liberal, they have the moral high ground. Yeah. And that's how they allow themselves to get away with it. Because they must realize what they're doing is a bit off. But if you really, really do believe that what you're doing is good and it's for the benefits of people, even if they don't understand it, then this is when you do see corruption. And, and it's a weird, you know, perverse form of noblesse oblige. And, and, and it should be stopped. But, you know, the CBC is so extraordinarily broken. And another incident of this, and we could go on for, you know, hours talking about this, but another incident is with Aaron O'Toole recently. He did an interview. Right. And the last question of the interview was uh, David Cochran on, on Ray J. And he said, well, you've been talking a lot about this, like getting rid of the CBC or defunding certain parts of the CBC. Don't you think that's a bad idea? And O'Toole went on to make a fairly persuasive case about defunding it right um you know at the very least it was a case it, it, it was like based on facts it, it should have been aired it's his yeah, he's, 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 he's not, not pulling it out of his ass it's a position he has that he's come up with and thought about and that one one that a lot of canadians share by the way i don't know the the, the you it's pretty difficult to actually find the amount of funding the cbc gets which is kind of weird you should be able to find it in a google search uh, it's out there, I, I believe, but you can't. It's pretty difficult to track down. But the thing is, with yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But guess what, Bob? Guess what? The only question in that thirty-minute interview, the CBC's editors decided to come. <laughs> Let me take a guess. Was it on his climate policy? <laughs> no. <laughs> what was it, Nico? <laughs> He made a very solid case for dismantling the CBC. And, and they thought, oh, that's too good a case. People might agree with him here. So they cut it out. It's outrageous. That is outrageous. That's actually, uh, that's almost like textbook propaganda. That's curating, curating facts to further your agenda. I don't I mean, know this is they're... why we pay for them, is to not do this. This is Did why, they... you know how high my taxes are? It's, yeah. it's a certain portion of my taxes and you come... goes and you come... the CBC. Oh, you... Yeah, and you come from a country that actually has a pretty solid state broadcaster. I mean, comparatively, the C the, the BBC has its problems. Sure, it's the same kind of metro. The metropolitan people that run it tend to have a liberal lean, but I think the BBC at least has some sort of. They put some effort into it. Yeah, like the, 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 there's more. They have a really high standard to live up to. Where it seems like Canadians don't seem to care about 
about if the CBC is biased or not. They don't. It's total, total apathy. Did, did they give a reason why they cut out the the radio interview, the the radio question? Really? I spoke to Aaron O'Toole about it a few days ago, and and I asked him that, and they said no, they didn't. They didn't explain why. They just said it was for you know. What a bunch of chumps! What a bunch of chumps! What what a bunch of chumps! Chump Broadcasting Company, the Chump. That's our that's our loser, our idiot of the week. Is an entire organization is the CBC, and uh, you know what? It all really quickly. What else it reminded me of with the uh, censoring? We're going really off on the CBC this week. I think it's a uh, it's nice. We we've waited too long to go off. Um, remember d- Christmas during Christmas time? Uh, so the the CBC. You remember Christmas time, right? Yeah. So the CBC during their airing of I think it was Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. They, there's a scene where Macaulay Culkin's running through the hall, like lost, because he's lost in New York, as the title would suggest. And he bumps into none other than Donald Trump in the lobby, right? And he just goes, hey, mister, do you know where like Fifth Avenue is or whatever? And, you know, Trump's just like, absolutely. No, right where it is. Cross Street, Fifth and 32nd. Go over there. And they, they cut it. They cut it out. They cut the whole thing out. <laughs> And it was only like a, a 40, 45, 40, 45 second clip that is just in the movie that they tossed in and they cut it out. Yeah. But what does it even do? It doesn't make them look good. It just they don't want their viewers to remember that Trump used to be a beloved big shot guy, but hot shot that everyone used to rap about and be like, yeah, Donald Trump. It got that Donald Trump money. You know, everyone wants to forget that that uh, up until he became a racist all of a sudden. Ooh, oh, racist in twenty sixteen. He was a beloved figure in media, and he had great shows, ran the Hot Woman Contest. I don't think that's what they call it, uh, whatever, the American Hot Woman Contest. Uh, he was a great guy. The beauty pageant, right? That's what it's called, yeah. <laughs> the Hot Woman Contest. Sorry. Yeah, that's inappropriate. Let's get back on track. Uh, but Oh, yeah. So this is, these are our new transitions. Watch these. This is how we're going to move on to the next. Watch this. This is the next topic about to start now. So, Roberta, you had a rather interesting article this week. Yeah, I uh, got my uh, hands dirty a little bit with some uh, journalism in some real journalism in Peterborough, Ontario. And it was a bit of a, it, it kind of just fell on my lap. I love when this happens. I logged onto Facebook and I'm a part of a group that talks about uh, pro-tenant rights kind of thing. That's what I wanted it to be. But it ended up being a bunch of communists talking about decapitating their, their landlords and posting Maoist memes and talking about, you know, let a thousand flowers bloom and all this so that's what the group is supposed to be. It's supposed to be about tenant rights. But again, it just ended up being a bunch of angry Maoist people and communists and kill all the landlord stuff. And one of the the posts was this uh, woman in Peterborough, Ontario, the, kind of a small city in Ontario. And what she did was she owned some property. She's a landlord. And she put a sign. We'll pull it up here. You can see it. Uh, and now let me read it to you right now. I have it open. So it says, the, sh- the sign on her property says, Sean Heffernan owes me 13 months rent, $16,250. Premier Doug Ford, please help Ontario landlords with tenants who refuse to pay rent. 
Signed, Liz Woozy. She even put her name <laughs> at the bottom. And so what happened, because I ended up call, I got in contact with her. I sent her a Facebook message, and I spoke to her on the phone. And what happened is, as the sign would imply, that she let this guy, and I'm going to be a little critical of Liz here, she let this guy live in one of her buildings for 13 months. Well, no, no, she did. So it... Admittedly, what she said to me on the phone was, I shouldn't be a landlord. I'm a bit of a sucker. (laughs) And uh, to be fair, it really does seem like that. So she let her move in in July, I think, 2019. He moved in, paid first and last, which is what you have to do in Ontario. You pay first month and last month rent. Um, Then next month, the guy's dad gets sick. And he's like, oh, my dad's sick. I can't pay rent. I don't know if I'm going to be living here for you know for much longer she just goes okay but or maybe it was uh september rent either way she lets him live there for the rent the amount of time that his rent is due for and then he doesn't pay rent again she goes what's going on you haven't paid rent i know you're working this whole thing is kind of you know you owe me a bunch of money i'm paying for your utilities i'm paying for your hot water cold water which i don't know again why she was doing that um and eventually he just he he just rides it out. So he, they hand him a form. I think it's called like an N1 form or L1 form. And uh, it's basically just saying, I'm kicking you out of the building. She gets told by the renters and whatever landlord kind of committee that they have a hearing in six months, which is a long time, for de- from December when she filed it to July. So, yeah, she called the board, and the hearing was going to be in six months. Then March rolls around, and as we all remember in March – coronavirus happened right so because of the coronavirus they canceled all the hearings so the all the hearings were totally shut down they just started redoing them now over zoom so that's been what does from december when she filed the thing january february march april may june july august what is that like eight months an additional eight months it's been over a year so she's in a, 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 a desperation she what she did was she put a little money into a sign to just kind of call out Sean Heffernan, who I will now remember his name forever. If I ever meet a guy named Sean Heffernan, wait, hold on. And oddly enough, I'm not going to say, you know, through what channels, but I actually, I looked up Sean Heffernan on Facebook and I found one that I had one mutual friend with on, (laughs) on Facebook. So Sean Heffernan, if I ever see you, you better give Liz woozy that $16,000. It's a lot of money. And it's a you ton know, of money. I, I, I suppose if your father is sick, but isn't there free like? Is, there's free healthcare in Canada, isn't there? How much money do you need to like spend on healthcare? Well, I think what he was going for was like, oh, I got to move back, so I don't have a lot of expendable income. But that doesn't really make sense because. And okay, to be honest, I feel kind of bad for this lady, right? She was clearly desperate. She's not very good at being a landlord. I'm going to say I talked to her on the phone. She said she was a sucker. She's owed $16,000. And this post went viral. She was getting a lot of mean comments from these kind of like, like, why? Why would you do that to someone? It's just, it's like, if someone owed me $16,000, I would be so upset. And it may be like, perhaps ideologically, you're very against rent. And you know, fair enough. I'm sure you can make an argument for that. Sure. But this is still some middle-class woman who lives yeah. in Peaceful, Ontario. She's probably in some way dependent on that money. Or in any way, that $16,000 would probably change her life. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a lot of money. 
It's a lot of money. And she was getting flooded with these comments about, like, uh, uh, you know, guillotine, guillotines and, like, uh, like Wikipedia articles to, like, Mao, Maoist land reform and taking back property from landlords and how, they're par- how she's a parasite. Meanwhile, she's like, you know, I'm a single mom. I have three kids. Like, they're all kind of older. And they don't ask me for money, so I'm just paying for this random dude. <laughs> <laughs> Very irritating. So, uh, you know, my heart goes out to her. I really hope. Reach out to Doug Ford. Has Doug Ford said anything back? No, not yet. We we are tr- we're trying to get the message to old Douglas. Yeah, Doug, if you watch this show for whatever reason, I'm sure you do, and uh, I'm sure you love it. I'll tell you what, Give Liz a message. I used to work in uh, Ontario government. I was a legislative assistant. And one of the MPPs that I, I, I knew uh, quite well said that he watches the show. So, uh, so if you're watching this, MPP, bring this up with your boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go ahead. I'm sure she would really, really appreciate it. All right, Nico. So that was another transition, beautiful transition. Thank you, James, for those. Now, listen to this. Nico's got a big, uh, big meatball of a story, and you know earlier we said that the We Charity was on the back burner, but that doesn't mean it's gone away because there's been a new development, not as big of a, you know, it's not as explosive, but it does just add, like I said, another layer, reveals another layer of that seven-layer burrito dip of corruption in the Trudeau government. So go ahead and explain this. It, it was a real that. meatball. It had basil. It had, you know, parmesan. It was a meatball. And it was one of those courses where you could just have one meatball instead of... Yeah, it was a big American-Italian meatball, you know? Just a big mamma mia. Go ahead, yeah. It's not, you know, obviously, I'm not going to bring down the Trudeau government single-handedly, as much as I would like to. Um, But it it is revealing in a way. And essentially what the story was is that the We Charity, who you all know and love... um, you know how the civil service said that the We Charity were the only people who could do this in Canada, the only organization? Well, it turns out the We Charity couldn't do it because they're unilingual. So they don't speak French. Oh and and uh, as oh you may God. remember, 9 million people in this country or 8 million people happen to speak French. Oh, my God. So, so the issue is, so the We Charity thought, well, h- hold on, guys. Fuck, we just got a billion dollars and we don't know what to do with this, the third percent, you know, third oh percent of the population. So what they did is they gave it to a PR firm. Now, a public relations firm, they don't administer government <laughs> programs. <laughs> they don't employ students to help out at their local community center. What wow. PR firms do is they advise companies, usually very wealthy companies or governments, mm-hmm. in how to speak to the press or how to improve their reputation, public relations. So it was weird that the We Charity gave a PR firm this contract to do it for them in Quebec. But what made it a bit weirder and what sort of caused me to raise an eyebrow or even two perhaps is that these guys are all liberals. Of course. <laughs> so, so, so this PR firm, <laughs> like all of their staffers, like there were two senior like ex-PMO staffers who are working in their senior positions. And on top of that, uh, minister Jolie, who's a, a francophone minister in Trudeau's government, she she's the minister of economic development. Okay. She also was on the board of this charity up until she became a Liberal MP. I mean, not charity, a PR firm. So, like, uh, I don't know what to say. Is it corruption? I don't know. Is it cronyism? 
I don't know. What so I do, what, what I would say with some confidence, however, and what I say a lot, is that the upper echelons of industry in Canada, no matter what they are, they're all liberals and they all know each other. And it's this, you know, these group of people who are all well connected yeah. and, and just continue to give each other money or contracts, whether they mean it or not. And there's no ideological diversity here. At all. Yeah. And it irritates me that, you know, the first thing that they gave it to the Wee Charity, obviously. Secondly, that the Wee Charity, Justin Trudeau's defense to this day, is that the Wee Charity were the only people who could do it, but they couldn't do it. And there's no. proof that they couldn't do it because they couldn't fucking do it in Quebec, which is the, <laughs> the second largest province. <laughs> so, so, you know, what can you do? Um, I, 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 I hope I give them a headache at the very least. Yeah, but I'm so tired of this stuff. This is the thing, though, because you want to give them a headache, right? It's one of your favorite things. I know you, Nico. We go into the office every day, and you say, "I really, I really hope I give someone a headache today." But the thing is, with the li these liberals, these uh, libranos, if you will, <laughs> is that they—it's like water off a duck's docks, like water off a duck's back. Every time they seem to have this kind of ruling class mentality that they can't get in trouble. And it's because I think my theory, not so much a theory, I know Canadians, it's like a general apathy. It seems like, oh, we're not the States. Look at how, you know, look, look at down South. Thank God we have someone that's like normal. And it's like, what's it called? The Overton window has just been shifted so like crooked where it's just like, oh, that's all so stupid over there. We could do no wrong because we can't be that bad. Yeah, and when I was speaking with O'Toole about this, he said something very similar is that, you know, everyone thinks Canada has done a wonderful job with coronavirus. And the reason they do is because, you know, south of the 49th parallel, we have a government and a country that have totally, you know, buggered the dog. Yeah. And um, so it's pretty easy to compare yourself to the worst, you know, case scenario, the worst <laughs> that's literally in the world. But yeah. when you realize that Canada could have been like New Zealand, it could have been like Australia, it could have been Taiwan, and yeah. it wouldn't have been that difficult to do that then it, the scandal really begins to emerge. But yeah. no one's going to care about that because everyone is too fixated on the sort of the president south of the border. Yeah. And it's like, it, it doesn't just go back to March when it started. The failure from the Trudeau government on the coronavirus started when they, buried, they landfilled tons of expired equipment without replacing it. You know, it goes back from the very beginning. We were off to a misstep because this government was in power. Can we say for sure that an NDP or conservative government would have replaced them? May I don't know. Probably, though. I would like to think so. I'll tell you what, the conservative government, I don't know about the NDP, but if there was a conservative government handling the coronavirus, what they wouldn't do is not shut the border because they're concerned about racism. They absolutely fail to criticize China. They, you know, they wouldn't ban flights from China because they're worried about racism. This is a government who is totally concerned about how they look and not concerned about the consequences of their policies. Yeah, and they've said so much. They have said so much. Patty has do, hey do, Patty hairdo, bad hairdo has come out and actually just said that, uh, oh, I, I, you know, we were concerned about anti-China sentiment in closing the border. When it's like, hey, lady, nothing wrong with ladies. Hey, lady. It, that's where the virus is right now. It's where it comes from. So can we please just protect ourselves for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so irritating. And I feel sorry. You know, I, I'm quite fortunate in the sense that, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm going to live in Canada, presumably, for most of my life. 
Yeah. But the next three years, we're going to be in Britain. And, you know, the worst comes to worst. You guys are going to have to deal with the Trudeau government. I'm going to be in Boris Johnson's Britain, just living it up, <laughs> looking across the Atlantic and thinking, look at, look at these arseholes and what they're having to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I envy you slightly, uh, a lot. I, I do envy you in a lot of ways. Anyhow. All right. Thank you for joining Episode ten of the new and improved this week in Canada. Nico, how did you uh, how did you think that went? I loved it. Thank you so much for you know viewing us yet again, spending your you know busy Wednesday morning or afternoon on us. You, you know, I, I know there's better things you could be doing, so I do appreciate it. The show comes out on Fridays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Haha. <laughs> and um, and and remember to tell us what else you want to see. You know, we could have other you know, transitions. Perhaps Pierre Polyev could have these sort of laser beams coming out of his eyes. That was my You know, what What do you want to see? There's so many options. The possibilities are endless on the new and improved show. The last, the, the last couple shows have done really well. So here's a challenge to our viewers, all right? You give this video a like. If we get 712 likes, I will shave my mustache. Yeah. You know what? Okay, make it a 1,000. A 1,000 likes. If we get a 1,000 likes on... What? That your your personality is that mustache. If you shave it off, then there's no incentive. It's just say it's like punishing you. If we get this amount of clicks, I'm gonna hit you hard. Fifteen hundred likes. I'm gonna shave my mustache. Make sure you give it a like. And also, just really quickly before we sign out, we want our uh, our prayers, our thoughts to the Peterson family of Jordan Peterson. His family has. Uh, not his family. He has coronavirus. Jordan Peterson has coronavirus. So our thoughts are with him. Also, really quickly, I want to say the Blue Jays, they're going to do well tonight. They're going to beat the Braves. I can't tell the future, but let's go, Jays. Nico, you want to add anything? Uh, yeah, no, I hope the Jays do well. <laughs> All right, sweet. Well, thanks for watching. Have a good week. See you next week on episode 11. Bye. Wonderful. <laughs>